Westworld Theorycast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Go to Cufflinks.com right now and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order, no minimum. Cufflinks.com is the men's accessory marketplace. We all know that Cufflinks.com has Game of Thrones, Star Wars, Star Trek, Mandalorian, Disney, every amazing geeky thing. They have products that match your desires, as well as having the classic wearable art brands like Ox and Bull, Hook and Albert, and of course, Cufflinks' own brand, Cufflinks, baby. We all know that there's a coronavirus going around, and we want everyone to be safe and happy, and a lot of things have been canceled, okay? And a lot of sales that Cufflinks had have been canceled too, NCAA, things like that, but They have now put over 700 items on their sale page to get a great discount while people are planning that next outing with their friends. When this all clears up and you go out, you're still going to have to look good. So head over to cufflinks.com today. We wish you and your family well. Have a great day. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Westworld Theorycast. My name, of course, is Justin Thomas from Top Shelf Fandom, and we'll be filling in for Axel this week. My co-hosts today and every Wednesday are Jenny and Brett. Today we'll be talking about Westworld Season 3, Episode 6, A Decoherence. You can find out more about the DVR Podcast Network at dvrpodcast.com. Please do take a moment to write a review and subscribe. It really does help us out, and you could become a Patreon at patreon.com slash DVR. Let's get on with the show. Hello, Jenny. Hello, Brett. Let's act like hey, Justin. Sith a bunch of times for six. Uh, yeah, see how jumpy that one is. How are you guys doing today? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing great. Awesome. How'd you guys like the episode overall? I really liked it. Um, I was mind blown afterwards. I was like, ah, this confirms so many of the things that we've discussed earlier this season. But uh, I was really excited about it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. How about you, Brett? It was uh, crazy. It was insane. I loved it. Just so much going on, a lot of dialogue and a lot of action. You can't ask for more than that. So it was it was great. Yeah, I, I said on the after show that this really brought me back to season one, but with even more action. So um, there is uh, the commentary out there that it started off with a little bit of a whimper, uh, but you know ended with a bang. Uh, I I, I kind of disagree. I kind of think that this it was a solid, solid episode. Um, we are dealing with first off, right off the bat, we do see uh, William in his therapy session. We'll start there. And we will move on and try to keep it as linear as possible. As possible, Justin Thomas can keep it anything linear. <laughs> so um, we will start off with this therapy session, continuing this trope of therapists suck. Um, you know, like just like, I don't have time for you, Caleb. Call your dead buddy. Or, oh, I don't know why my phone is on. And this is now a result of Rhea Bohm's information being let out. Any thoughts on that? I'll go to you first, Jenny. <laughs> well, um, one of the things that we had, we, uh, Axel and I had talked about this a few weeks ago on an episode um, about 
did uh, William turn bad because of Westworld or was he bad to begin with? And um, one of the things that Axel had said was maybe he just needs a little therapy. So your comment about <laughs> therapy just made me laugh. So anyway, <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> well, we see the Rhea Bohm information hit the therapist. It does speak to her opiate abuse and yes. as well as her, yes. um, her infidelity. Mm-hmm. It, it, and it was funny because, you know, they were in the whole group session and then she her phone kept vibrating and she tried to ignore it. And then she, you know, s- excused herself and she walked away. But when she turned back to him, they weren't in the group session anymore. And there was no like definitive moment when it switched from like a group session to a single session, which I thought was odd, but yeah, she had all those missed calls and messages and, uh, and, and her, uh, husband basically at the end of that scene, uh, telling her he left her and don't look for them. So that was crazy. Yeah. She's probably like good. I more time for opiates. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah, terrible. Terrible. Uh, <laughs> and she recommends him for the the what augmented reality yes, therapy, augmented reality. which was clearly a reference to um, what uh, Caleb had had based on his flashbacks, because mm-hmm. you know that she mentioned even the veterans and PTSD. So yeah, absolutely. And I do want to uh, kick it back because I did not start off at the very beginning. I did start off, uh, you know, at the second scene where we do have Maeve at the very beginning in a simulation of the Valley Beyond of sorts. And this is where Serac does kind of promise her this afterlife that she could have. And this is very similar to, I guess, you know, what spiritual um, human beings would, you know, consider to be, you know, the afterlife, you know, heaven or hell. And he kind of, you know, tells her that he can dictate heaven or hell to her. And this is more of just trying to tug on her heartstrings to manipulate her to do what he wants. I don't know if any of you two are buying into that um, as far as Maeve really doesn't need any reason to oppose Dolores, uh, meaning any external force. Internally, she's already, as I said in the episode last week with you guys, uh, philosophically and ideologically in an ideological way opposed to her um well i think that's this is just more of the same kind of interaction between sarak and mave that we've seen and it, it's i don't think it's doing anything for him you know I, I don't think uh i don't think he's he's selling the point that mave you know wants to buy but it seems silly. It seems trivial that he just keeps harping on that one thing. Like that's like all she, and and yes, that was her, that was like her cornerstone or whatever you want to call it. But like, she's, I don't think she's like, I, like, I think I said last week, I don't think she's buying what he's selling still. Like she doesn't want to die, but like, Hey, she's lived her whole life in these loops and people beating her and killing her and everything else over and over and over again and keep waking up. I mean, how is what he's considering to be hell going to be any worse than what she's already lived through? Yeah. It's almost like I'll put you down nicely. And uh, what's to stop her from making a deal with Dolores, who's the one that actually has this information for her daughter? You know, he can't offer her it. It's like Dolores has has a better deal for her, possibly, you know, uh, in in theory. So, yeah, yeah. go ahead, Brett. I I agree with that. And I I think that Maeve is already figuring out how to defeat this guy. I think ultimately that's going to be her plan is not to defeat Dolores, but to defeat Serac and go from there. 
Yeah, he seems to be the hurdle that they both need to overcome, but for different reasons, and then they can deal with uh, each other. I said this off-air to you guys. I feel that this show does much better when they let the host deal with their internal strife uh, rather than their external, because these antagonists seem to be uh, subpar, inept, to say the least. It's just, you know, and we're going to get to some good theories later on uh, from, uh, and maybe we'll do another intro for Brett's series because they're excellent, you know, but like a lot of times viewers, in my opinion, yeah, tend to make more creative, more intelligent ways to explain why these antagonists are doing what they're doing because we really just can't explain it any other way. Uh, you know, unfortunately last season, let us down with Carl strand. We'll have to see with Ciroc. So yeah, we get this promise. Uh, the one thing I did want to point out is that when she was in world world, uh, again, she was, um, honing her skills and there it's always important to take note when a character uh, demonstrates a new skill set. Uh, Maeve was able to put her ha- uh, hands on Hector's uh, temples and bring him back. I have to believe that that'll, you know, there's no checkoff simulation yet, but that's the first time we've seen this, and we've seen a few new things introduced, as we will get to, I promise, in a linear fashion. What's well, because she was in the, she was basically part of the computer, and so was he, so she just like, <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> what I'm getting at is that if that were to happen again, because Shrek's one trick in his very small bag is the simulation, is he could do that with a Dolores. He could do that with a Bernard. He, you know, they could do this with others. So like we've seen this demonstrated exhibited. So it's just worth a note. Any thoughts on any thoughts on uh, that new skill set, or do you just think it was just a one-time use Brett? Not specifically that skill set, but I, I think that she's just kind of broadening her powers. You know, we saw her control hosts telepathically last year. And so far this year, we've seen her control um, automatic weapons, um, you know, tech, various technology, and evidently this um, this new way to, uh, or also inside the simulation, she can see outside of it. Yeah. So it's uh, just more examples of how she's just increasing in power. Yeah, and she um, when when uh, she saw charlotte crush the pearl and she screamed the the lights flicker and the um alarms start going off yeah Mm -hmm. yeah she has this like her emotional distress causes like electrical interference and Mm -hmm. yeah that's something that yes it's uh it's very much so it kind of i don't know if there's a connection here or not but like a witcher you know uh with siri um, if anybody watched that, like, you know, her scream is like, you know, like that, that chaotic scream that like busts the earth wide open. Like, I kind of got like a little bit of that vibe. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we see her convince everybody to do um, a keto with her, um, a very fun uh, martial art uh, for the screen, a very useless martial art in real world. Um, but, yeah, it's very pretty. And she's like, drop your guns. Come and do some flashy Aikido with me. And I, I've got an intro for us, actually, that I, I made all artsy, um, you know, feeling ambitious. So, so yeah, enjoy that. I hope you guys did. You already saw it. So, and if you're on the podcast, make sure to check out my channel at least for that little part. That's where my heart and soul went. Uh, <laughs> then I lost my smile forever. Uh, no, so we okay. Let's jump back into where I started, uh, <laughs> which was not the first thing. So yeah, we do see the her therapy session yes, that the, I talked about. Yeah, absolutely. So yep. Brett, got, did you want to talk? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I did want to point out that right as he's actually conf- to, the therapist is not aware that he's killed. His his daughter she thinks that they you know were both a part of the same massacre but doesn't know the details and right is actually sharing the fact that he killed his daughter she's not paying attention she's looking at her phone that's when she's learning about what's happening with her family so 
it's almost like he's trying to confess to someone and no one is still there to listen to him. <laughs> right. Because even at the end, he said, uh, that's why I don't belong here. I belong in a pine box. And then mm-hmm. when he looks up, she's staring at her phone. Yeah. Sobbing. <laughs> I think that's a little meta commentary on the real world. And I think also there was a big focus on this hand, this episode of him taking that glove off. We know that he injured his hand at season uh, two, episode 10, the passenger with few connects from that. We can timestamp it that we can at least assume this happens after, which we could assume anyways, but with how Nolan throws all of his uh, storyboarding, uh, you know, index cards on the ground and says, turn it into a story there. Do you want us to uh, place that in uh, a linear fashion, sir? He goes, nope. However it laid is how you shoot it. Yeah, and then, then they'll put it together. So, no, I, I I think that it's important to take note of that because we'll wrap around at the very end and talk about Bernard meeting him and reaching out his hand. It seemed very, very uh, in- intentional that they did not show that hand again um, for whatever reason. But, yeah, we see this idea, too, that he, he you know, spurts out that humans are a plague on the world. Uh, you know, it, it's a very uh, nihilist approach to life, to say the least. Any thoughts about that existentialism? Jenny Arbrett. Only ahead, thing I can think of is is uh, I was trying to figure out if they were still on Earth the whole time he was talking about Earth and how they have exhausted all the resources, and uh, you know, uh, eventually he does refer to this point like being on this planet on a pile of ashes. So I think they still are on Earth, but that's the one thing I was thinking about is that is are they still on Earth, and if they are, are they still using it and in uh, you know a tangible fashion, utilizing its resources, or are they in a simulation? Which I know, Justin, you hate to hear that, but that, I was curious if, if that you know what if his dialogue fit one uh, view or the other. No, absolutely, and I and I and I I only hate to hear it when it's not backed up with uh, any type <laughs> of information or you know uh, at least evidence for it. So, which you, my friend, are not amongst those. So, we, and we will get into Brett's theories later, um, which are some good ones. So, um, yeah, no, it, it is an interesting aspect of the story, and it's an interesting commentary on life itself and how we do seem to suck the life out of the planet. Um, I did go ahead and do some pointless research into this to see, you know, like how parasitic we are. And yeah, not great, not great information I received, but also I don't really find to be too much more than we all kind of already know that, you know, we, we aren't the best, but we're not the worst, uh, in my opinion. So we move on and, um, you know, it is important to take note that, that one woman just stands up and starts crying during a speech, uh, which is like, he just shows that he's just like such, I don't know. That was funny to me. I don't know why. Maybe it shows how horrible person I am, but she just, you know, he just totally like, maybe that's why it wasn't a group because, uh, you know, like Jenny brought up, there's this part where there's like this hard cut from group to not group. I don't know. Maybe they just forgot to show him getting drug out by the ear. Um, yeah. I just thought that was weird. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, it was a weird cut. Um, so we, we, we move on and we do learn that we see Charlotte Hale uh, with Nathan as well as the Jake is, is the boyfriend's name, right? Yeah, it's her ex, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm but did here. we 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 didn't talk about the when he was restrained on the table and his blood was drawn and all that craziness. Oh, we're going to get it. into it. We're going to okay. get into it. We're going to get into it. <laughs> yeah. The main threads here are Charlotte, which is one of the Lori, William, Man in Black, and then we have uh, you know, the the whole thread with you have William, 
Charlotte, and then what am I missing for our third thread here? Maeve. Maeve. There we go. Yeah. yeah. So our main threads are Maeve, Charlotte, and William. So as we go through, we'll just try to touch on both of them. We've seen where Maeve starts off. She starts off in paradise and gets the promise of paradise if she follows, you know, the master's plan. Um, we'll talk about how much of a master he really is in a moment. And then we see Man in Black in therapy trying to get himself right. And then we see Charlotte in the real world, supposedly, um, because, again, I don't have any proof it's the real world either. We see her with Nathan, and we see her also with Jake. And there's this hug, and there's this show of affection. And we have an interesting commentary about how this host, this Delorei, shows more affection to Nathan than Hale um, ever did. Um, what were you guys' thoughts on this? Um, this this kindness towards humanity that a human you know, using the verbiage in the vernacular that has been set by us. Um, you know, what do you guys think about that? Do you think that that's a, 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 a where do you think they're going as far as story wise with that? If they could be going a direction of if you are, if, if Hale is an example of someone who is just kind of playing out her loop, almost like she was also a, just a, a slave of the system as opposed to these outliers who have free will, who actually feel emotions, maybe they're going the direction of this hail bot is actually closer to uh, someone with free will, will and emotion uh, compared to the old Charlotte Hale that maybe did not have, you know, was absent of emotion. Yeah, she has no prior connection with this child whatsoever, and she is playing a role like a uh, spy or a sleeper agent of sorts and she's in there and she's somehow showing more affection towards this child than uh, the birthing mother of this child so you know it's uh, i guess you know it's not really a great commentary on humanity but i find it to be is she just playing the role too well that she thought she's supposed to play because she envisions humans as these people that would you know love their children but again the paradox with that is she hasn't been shown humans that seem too empathetic or sympathetic or anything like that. So, you know, it, it's on that line of, uh, you know, real love or, you know, just faked, you know, uh, projected love. Would you think? Contrived. Yes. What do you think about that, Jenny? Um, I, I was a little surprised, but not completely. I mean, as we have mentioned several times, you know, each of the, as you like to call them, the Dolori. I just call them Dolores's or Charloris or whatever. But anyway, um, each of them has become a different being. And that's even brought up in this episode twice. Um, when Charlotte brings it up to the original Dolores, uh, um, and, uh, when, um, Dolores is in the basement talking to Maeve and that was the one that was in Martin, um, it's brought up again uh, that, you know, that they have changed from what they were before. And I know that she, well, I don't know. I assume that she must have uh, programmed the information from Charlotte Hale's book uh, into the Dolores that's in her, but it also has that those Dolores characteristics. So she's definitely like, um, you know, two different people kind of combined into one person and she's becoming this other person as a result of that programming. Um, but I think that she actually is better than either of she, she, 
the sum of the two parts is better <laughs> than than either of the parts that went into it. And um, I think that uh, I, I liked that she felt so much for her family, but it was the thing that gave her away to Sirach. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, how realistic that would be given the circumstances of Dolores's interaction with humans. Um, you know, in the the very very um, you know few moments she's had with that child, I, I find to be questionable. But at the same time, the narrative overall, I enjoy. Because but I, but how much of um, her own like. 35 years after she was created or however many years Dolores had been running that program. Um, how much of that experience do you think she necessarily put into the programming for the replicas? Or do you think she used like a more original version? Um, you know, I, cause she didn't want them to try and take over from her or, you know what I mean? Like how much of how, how, how far developed was the Dolores that was copied and put into the other hosts? Yeah, there seems to be the implication, um, at least with their behavior, whether it's plot convenience or it's, you know, actually a solid fact that these do seem to be more immature. And, and right. And the original you know. Dolores, like back when she first met young William, um, she was not the same Dolores that we had, you know, last season, um, 30 some, and even this, she wasn't the same Dolores that she was in season one with, um, the man in black because it had been 30 years or whatever. So, you know, the, if it's, if it's like one of those versions of her that, that had not become so jaded by her experiences with humanity, then, perhaps she could have developed into this feeling caring person. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. My, mm. my, you know, my approach to it is if there is a, if there is an exception to what's happening, it, it should be, you know, elaborated on. If there is not, then we're good. Since there has not been any of this, you know, uh, backdated Pearl information given to us. Right. But, but we've right. seen this exhibited and, it, and, you know, it is what it is because I brought up. About it just how, makes you wonder. Yeah, because she didn't like, <laughs> why did she have to sell herself on her own idea with becoming Hale? You know, like I, I brought that up. I was very heavy on yeah. that. So like, I'm with you. So but it's like, again, it's like if it's not, you know, if it's just a rule then no reason to say so, if it's the exception, you, you probably should bring it up. But then again, it is Westworld, a show we love and a show that, you know, has many, many flaws, but brings us deeper conversations and who you were at one point in life and who you are now. We get to see a great example of that we'll get to in a moment. So um, speaking of Delori, we will go back to Maeve and she asked for a little bit of help at the end of that little pointless as i as far as as i'm concerned negotiation with serac like i think the like the, like the like less he is involved with her the more likely she is to do something that he like wants in my opinion but she says she wants some help so uh what you know is what maybe the reason that he's so dumb with the uh, host is because he has no frame of reference for dealing with them like he has rehoboam to tell him what all these people will do, but he doesn't have anything to tell him what these hosts that are off their loops will do. So maybe that's why he's so dumb. Yeah. Also, I mean, yeah. When it comes to the hosts, it seems dumb overall, but yeah, <laughs> go ahead, Brett. <laughs> I agree. I agree though. Yeah, say I agree. He's kind of out of his league when it comes to handling these robots. He doesn't really know how to handle them. He has no experience. 
Yeah, because right. what was it, the Milton Bradley that I, sh- I I struggled to get to last episode? <laughs> you know, like, it's like, motherfucker, I made this game. And, you know, they're just playing in it. But it's like, you know, it feels with the data in which he's expecting to get from Delos. He's already had some. Uh, come on, man. Step it up. That's all I'm asking, Serac. So, um, <laughs> Brett, who do you think these pals are uh, that Maeve has asked for? Uh, you know, I think one is... Well, one it seems to be Hector, and I I wouldn't be surprised if the other two are her friends, you know, Clementine and Armistice or uh, somebody like that. But it, honestly, I haven't really given it much thought. Um, I just I'm just waiting for them to unfold the story for me. I assume it's just some friends from Westworld, but who knows? Yeah, we do have um, verification due to uh, screenshots that the one code in which is put in um, for the IDs is, in fact, Clementine. Um, the assumption of Hector is is there. I don't see any solid proof. We do have those screenshots from episode 10 of season 2 in which that SH20587 O two um, is in fact Clementine, so we, we can expect. I thought it was the CP one. It wasn't the CP one. <laughs> Ooh, yep. Nope. 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 Yep. Yep. That uh, we don't know if that's Armistice. That's one up for question. The CP is CP zero one two four eight. Three one nine three. So there you guys go. Uh, Clementine Petty Feather. <laughs> there it is. So yeah, like that. Like uh, the one thing they do with mm-hmm. that is they give the you know obviously the initials, which is like. Are they giving the initials for the other people or not? But it didn't match up because remember I told you that as well we had both looked at it, but one of the ones is C H and it was Mave. Yeah, and that's so, what I'm saying. Like, it, so yeah. it, the rest of them don't match up. Clementine does, but the rest of them don't have to. Mm-hmm. They it's might, but they don't a, have they to. They don't. Yeah, they don't have to. It's not like yeah, we can't define it by this initial because there were two H. What is there, it? H C. There's an and, H- HC32 and an HC19, yeah. uh, which is Maeve. Even, even Hector, uh, his last name is like Escatone, or I believe that's what his last name is. So, no, it doesn't now. start with a C. Escalante? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's Escatone. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it doesn't start with a C. That's all I know. So, yeah, I mean, that's just <laughs> such, a Nol- that's such a Nolan thing to do is to, you know, make one. So it's like, you know, to give us this trend and then it doesn't follow for the rest. And it just right. makes our heads explode until Brett comes up with a theory. So please, <laughs> please give me therapy, Brett. Uh, so, all right. So she's asked for some pals. We can uh, clarify that one is Clementine, I think that's pretty cool. I spoke about this with the Delorei, that this opens up the door more so for these other characters to come in, uh, not less so. People were like, oh, so we won't get Clementine. It's like, you wouldn't have been happy with Clementine as Hale or Collins or any of that. You need you need actually the actress to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm very happy with that. That seems like it's going to be cool. So uh, they step up the man in black's therapy since he's making people run out and cry during his group meetings. <laughs> um, this is very Aldous Huxley. This is very Brave New World. This implant is shown to be very uh, painful and it is... Uh, uh, also, um, a a injection of one of my favorite actors, Jonathan Tucker. Uh, very, very good actor uh, in a great show called Kingdom and a lot of stuff. I was happy to see him. He played Craddock from uh, the season below. He is like kind of like the, uh, I don't know what you'd call him, like a patient. Uh, like he's like a nurse. I don't know. How would you guys classify him? Which one? The uh, one that was drawn his blood or swabbing his mouth? He, the one or? that comes and gets him. It's Craddock. 
Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know a that nurse, actor. Or, yeah, nurse. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I, or some kind of orderly or... Yeah, orderly. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. So, if you ever worked in anywhere that practiced eugenics and you... Yeah, then then shame on you. Um, so, and you might know the proper uh, verbiage for it. But, yeah, it seems like a pretty shady facility where they're changing people. Uh, and we do see a very much so parallel between um, what happened to Caleb and the uh, small amount of flashbacks that we've got with him um, mm-hmm. and also with the man in black. So he's having this this palette that is said to be painless in the description at Insight uh, on their little website, but it didn't look painless. One of the reasons I think that shit look like it hurt. I, yeah, <laughs> I think that, you know, a lot of that has to do with they need to really like, um, they need to show you the mental strife in it is a visual I'm medium. over here making faces <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm just saying like it's like what because people are wondering why did they make it so painful it's like because it's like such a violation to do to somebody so like they the pain and the screaming it's like in and the, the sound of those little um screws yeah. sounds just like the dentist drill mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> they can justify the it noise <laughs> They can justify as being painless because right after he can get an hour of desert oasis. So, right. you know, in that sense, nothing is painful. Just, yeah. Nothing they'll remember, at least. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're not responsible to as long as nobody can hold you responsible. Yeah. Very good right there. Yeah. There we go. Now we, hey, guys. Hey, let's jump into the business. Um, Let's get in on this. <laughs> Yeah, no, shame on anybody that's ever worked for any eugenics. Um, but, um, yeah, not a great thing. So we see him uh, being seemingly uh, put into the system. We have to, you know, take this as something that we need to apply to Caleb probably next episode. We do see that, you know, this has been foreshadowed. So they definitely, to me, I got a little bit of the vibe of, especially even with the opiate addicted um, cheating um, therapists, you know, and not shaming on cheaters or opiates or anything like that hey do you think um but we also see that she seems to be like kind of tr- trying to extract the information like you are the key you are the key do you think there's any information extraction going on here brett then go to you jenny uh, from who to who from uh the man in black it's like because jenny brought up that it seems like they didn't know a lot about what happened with emily but it's like it seems again another uh, one of these situations where they do know uh, but they're not saying it it would make sense that they're trying to get as much information as possible if they if they think that he's an outlier liar and he needs to be um, retrofitted or whatever the word is to fit into the system. Then I'm sure they're trying to get as much information as they can. Yeah, absolutely. Re-educated. <laughs> yeah, it's such a terrible word. That's why I just right. <laughs> yeah, it's so shameful. Yes, block that from your memory. Yeah. I don't know that she's trying to get more information from him. I think she's like trying to half-ass do her job, but like, I, I mean, she's addicted to drugs and doesn't take care of her family in the way that she should and uh, is working for this company and doing these things to these people. So maybe that's why she's on the drugs and trying to escape with, you know, cheating on her husband and trying to, Mm -hmm. you know, like maybe this, the shit that she's having to do at work is making her have to find other coping mechanisms rather than the healthy ones. She's supposedly learned, um, in learning to be a therapist, but I mean, like in the group therapy and in the little one-on-one therapy, she seems to be trying to do a good job, but can you imagine doing that job? 
No, I mean, yeah, the whole <laughs> eugenics like thing, like I'm just not down with. So like it has, it's just an evil like connotation. So I mean, yeah. I think that that's maybe why she's like turning to those other means of escape. And or did she I don't, do drugs I don't know that to get in that letter into it because of the drug use and the in the lapse of moral or ethical behavior because of the of the, the numbness of the drugs. Or did she start using drugs because of the evil behavior? Either way, we can just all go ahead and agree she's not the best. Right. And then well, do just, you think when when they, w- the scene um, when she hangs herself, do you think that that really happened or do you think that that was part of William's hallucinations? I feel like it could have happened because Me too. <laughs> uh, William didn't know what she saw on her phone. Right. So he's not going to assume that she's suicidal, you know, necessarily. He did seem shocked by it. Yeah. yeah. And her coming back does little for the story. So yeah, right. I would just say she, she unfortunately went even a worse route. So you had, I'm, I'm just saying to all those people out there that therapist, especially she did not have to do it. Um, she had other roads to go down. So he is now um, identified. William is identified through a unknown protein uh, within mm-hmm. his blood. Now this led me when I was watching, I get to do like one pause before the after show and I have to pick it carefully and I misuse this one. <laughs> so I'm going to try to get the information I learned. All it led me to is cancer. Maybe I have it. Um, so yeah, I was like, okay, what's up with that? And then we find out at the end of the episode that this was for Dolores to track him. Oh, I, sh- I, 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 um, didn't, mm-hmm. did not pause w- and look at it at the, um, smart when I was watching, I was like, I can't read that. I'm going to have to pause it when I do my rewatch. Yes. So yeah. Um, I, when I did my rewatch, I found out, you know, quickly, oh, well he's in Sonora, Mexico and there's his latitude and longitude. And basically it was sending that you know it was transmitting that data so like if i had stopped and and read the screen then i would have known sooner probably but yeah me, but no it's, it was a total waste of my one pause uh, yeah because yeah. you you've, you've got to have got your anyways, you're yeah. on schedule <laughs> i get one well, I, I have a theory about this um because I was I was just kind of assuming Dolores knew exactly what facility William was at and would it make sense to put a tracker in him. Maybe that's not the case, but it could also be that the blood tracker could see – she could have put the tracker in his blood to see where his blood data is being sent to, i.e. she's trying to figure out where the database is that has all the outlier information. Oh, so when That's they interesting. when they put his blood into that um, machine or whatever, and it pulled up, let's see, tracing data transmission recipient server detected. That that could be a way for Dolores to see where that recipient server is, and that could be a server that has like all the outlier information in the world on it. Yeah. So that that could be the explanation for why she wanted to put that tracker in his blood. Because, yeah, any access that's gained through that blood, it could be like this Trojan horse of sorts that is put into it. Um, Very, very good, actually. But also, we do see... We do see uh, Charlotte receiving that data at Talos later in the same episode. 
Yeah, it's it's uh. Well, I think she said something like the tr- the track. Well, when she was when she was transferring the data on the screen, it said upload complete, and then it said genetic tag activated, and then William's face appears on the screen with his location in Sonora, Mexico, being given. Okay. And, and then then she checks the security feeds and sees the body printers, and so it's that at that point in the episode. Now, I'm not saying that your informa- your your theory could not be correct as well in well, addition to but it could be correct and it could not be correct but i'm not saying that it's not correct because um it could be both things i think yeah uh brett brett always with the what would the intelligent person do approach um not always <laughs> the case within the show but let me meet you halfway with some sort of uh, uh you know like just like weak stance on this uh to stay you know right there in the middle in the safe zone I do have a little bit of a theory here that uh, I think that when we get to it, you know, when Bernard and subs come at the end, I think that he was left in that augmented reality for far longer uh, than we're led to believe. Now, how would he have survived without any food or any of that? Don't ask. I don't know. Don't ask. I don't know. I don't know that he was left in there that long. I mean... (laughs) I, it I, could be, but in in this scene that we were just discussing, where they're doing the blood test, when um, when they send the blood down and everything, there's one of the technicians. Um, I can't remember if it's the one that puts the, the pneumatic thing in the tube or the one that receives it, but um, she comments that half the staff is gone. It's not safe anymore. They shouldn't be there. They should be getting hazard pay or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. So basically the start of his augmented reality sessions was shortly after it would seem that Dolores had done her thing and sent the data out um, because that, that technician had pointed out that it's not safe to be there anymore as it's chaotic outside and half their staff is missing. So um, I don't know. I mean, it could be like they're showing Bernard and Stubbs getting there way, way later than the rest of the timeline in the episode. That's possible. But I don't think it's been too, too long. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it would, it would be hard to explain how he has like survived. Uh, but also, did they why would they send Bernard, though, and Stubbs? And we'll get back. On I track. don't know that they sent Bernard and Stubbs. I think that um, when Bernard had said to the to Stubbs, you know, he thinks he was helping Dolores like because she had programmed him to do that or whatever. When they it was like toward the end of the episode, what? week before last or whatever was that last week i don't know they all are running together but um i think that or that was the week before because last week he had been with martin bot and uh martin bot took him to or showed him the re-education centers and i think that bernard was fine had found them or whatever and was like going to them. And maybe this was the first one he went to. Maybe it was the third one he went to. Maybe it was the 16th one he went to. Um, so it may have been a little more time, but I think he went there because he was supposed to go there because 
Dolores in Martin had basically told him to. Yeah. And the only reason I think that something's up with it and this could lead to, uh, and we're getting to Brett's theory in a moment, uh, you know, with the simulation and this is me, uh, conceding to this, uh, to a extent, a very small extent. Um, you know, I got to keep a little bit of, 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 of my pride here that's driven by ego <laughs> and hubris. Um, but, um, we don't see, notice the focus on the hand throughout this episode. He doesn't have it in the augmented reality, right? He has his fingers in that. Now, anytime we see him outside of that, he has. Does it. he have it, or does he have the glove on? He has the. It doesn't. If he has a glove on, or if he has no fingers, but he doesn't have a glove on, and he doesn't have. He has all of his fingers in the augmented reality, as mm-hmm. far as I, I've seen. So what we see at the very end, and if you're not watching this on video, what I'm doing is I am reaching my hand weirdly down. No, I can't turn it like that, but like this is Bernard. This is how they shoot the scene: reaching, reaching, and like he then he wiggles his finger. For a mo- because he's waiting for the man in black to reach up to him. It, to, it, my opinion is they don't want to show us that hand, but they want us to wonder about that hand. It takes watch that scene mm-hmm. again. He, he is sitting there. Dang- it is so awkward. It's like reaching your hand out to shake somebody's hand and they take like two minutes to do it. It is very, very much elongated. It is very much, you know, like drawn out. He is sitting there and he even twiggles his finger like, come on, come on, come on. It's like, come on, buddy. Come on. No, I'm serious. It takes a long, long time. And then, mm-hmm. and then as soon as it's about to happen, they cut the black like that, which would lead me god because I, I i can't do selective research so you know there might be a, a a little bit of this meaning bernard and Stubbs are still part of that augmented reality um and this is still him in a simulation he's not out of it he didn't come out of it because it cuts straight to black when this happens before the hand grabs and that's the hand that would have had the missing fingers well for the record i'm gonna roll with that's real Bernard and Stubbs really did sh- show up until I never until went. when I other. when I concede to the simulation. This has happened so many times. Every time I concede to the simulation, it's never in the same way. Well, but good, good, no, good. I love it. I love it. At least I can still be opposed to it. Brett, I'm sorry. No, please go ahead though, because yeah, no, there's yes. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm not a huge everything is a simulation uh, theory guy. I, I think obviously we've seen some scenes that are. Uh, in a simulation this season so far, but you know, I, I'm not, I'm not the whole thing. It's a simulation believer really. <laughs> so just, Me either. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. I thought you were clearing. Your, no, no. Yeah. And I wasn't say, yeah, I was just saying that you at least embrace it a little bit more. Like I hate any aspect of it. So, like <laughs> This one would drag it on more. So yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Rewatch the scene guys. It's the very last scene and see if that seems like it, they deliberately cut to you, uh, you know, right before that his hand comes up, which would, I think the only timestamp and only indication of when they're in that augmented reality or when they're not is been that hand. Um, because that's mm-hmm. the only time it changes. So if he were to reach up and have a full hand, then we would either have to believe we're looking at this from like a mirrored angle and, and gets into all that, or it's, you know, still some sort of a simulation meant to extract data from him, but we will move on from that and we will get into it Yeah, No, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't saying that you think everything is a simulation. Uh, just, I like, I am, I'm just like so anti-simulation that I find it like, like clouds my mind and I'm, I'm, I'm at least accepting of my ignorance. Um, but yeah, I, I try to, I try to step out onto the plank there. Um, it didn't work out. Uh, we well, when see. we talk about Maeve, I will give a theory about her. 
Absolutely. And let's talk about Maeve. Let's talk about Maeve. Let's talk about what she's doing. She is in the facility and she also comes into direct contact with a Delori. And we will get back to Charlotte after that. How'd you guys feel about this? Again, sit down. Every bit of this show since season one has been therapy, in my opinion. It is always them sitting across from each other in chairs, talking to each other, and we see that she meets with one of the Delori. We're under the, I think, Brett, this was your theory, and let's give Brett a big round of applause and that, that I'm being serious about that because the in the past week it was your theory, correct, that that, that parole was uh, salvaged, right? Yes, I did believe that. Now, I believe that Dolores was the one that recovered it instead of Ciroc, which Yeah, actually- you thought it was it delivered to them in the <clears throat> hangar, right? Which I still actually that that still does uh, tie into a theory that I'm going to give later. So I'm still open to that possibility. But we're basically told that Ciroc was the one that recovered it. And yeah, I'll take credit for that. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Uh, so what we see here is then Dolores being able to talk to Maeve during all of this chaos that's happening during Charlotte Hale's little escapade within there. So what we're doing is we're looking at a face to face with the opposition. You know, one has promised her paradise. Another has shown her, uh, you know, any lack of, uh, accommodation whatsoever. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, she's not really in a great place, Maeve, but I would agree, or at least pose to you guys that they definitely need each other they just i mean it's been so clear that they need to work together and they need to get through Mm -hmm. this but we do see the first destruction of a pearl that is like so like visceral and finite in this episode with the killing of hector and i want to go to you first jenny on this because we see hale systematically walking through this system and crushing these pearls during it and i I think i don't know if it was off air or on air when you know we see her you said like this that visceral scream of terror that affects the electrical system around her but i thought it was very potent i thought it was very effective and it adds so much to the story because we need stakes we can't have this shit of them always just surviving every car explosion and stuff like that because then it's like what the hell like 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 what is on the line here you know what i mean like if they can't be disposed of if there is no threat to them with this qa that seemed to be the stormtroopers from star wars that flunked out of stormtrooper school um and then they get picked up at uh you know by the qa or whoever the security forces are i've never seen an amount of incompetence that i've seen within the security forces of both Delos and serac they are just bumbling fools uh but yeah no no yeah get some guys Guys that know how to at least shoot like somehow i don't know man like do something because these guys suck take a little break from this show to remind you again of our amazing presenting sponsor cufflinks.com they've been with us for over a year and we're so proud to have them so go out and support them if you're a listener to any of our podcasts take a moment right now type in cufflinks.com slash dvr into that old web browser and you will arrive and you will be Amazed, happy, surprised at the amazing products that cufflinks.com has. You might think to yourself, hey, I don't have an informal event coming up. You know, I'm not into cufflinks. But guess what? They have a lot more than that. Actually, I'm wearing a pair of Star Wars socks that they sent me. Cufflinks.com is where it's at. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Um, but yeah, so, uh, what are your thoughts about this little conversation that they have? And then we'll get into how they got into that conversation, which is of course the, you know, the, the 
combination of power in the um, you know com- combination of Delos and Insight Foley by Serac once he gets um, Charlotte uh, abducted. But we do have this sit down within Dolores and or one of the Delori, which is the recovered Pearl. Right, and when when I first when I watched it Sunday night, I was I didn't realize uh, initially that that was. Um, Martin's pearl that had been recovered that went over my head initially. And I was like, why is she? Cause I was thinking it was going to be a Dolores that was just somehow saved in Westworld system. <coughs> Excuse me. But um, then I, I, when she seemed so up to date on what was happening, I was like, I figured it out. I was like, Oh, okay. It's the Martin Dolores. Um, but you know, th- I thought their conversation was really interesting. And I, um, appreciated that um, Dolores did not just just shut her down kind of the way she did when she she didn't give her a whole lot of information when she was Musashi in the Yakuza warehouse. Um, So I was pleasantly surprised to find that they had a very nice uh, intercourse uh, over the time they they had sitting there. I liked when Dolores was like, you know, going into the, how that she's changed from the original Dolores, um, how she goes into like, well, I probably made my own plans. I can't know for certain we were the same, she and I, but our paths have changed us. Uh, so, you know, and then, you know, you need allies for this battle, more of our kind. If I were me, <laughs> which was, that's like, great. If I were me, I'd be looking to ensure that couldn't happen. And then Maeve sees Charlotte and then she grabs the pearl and smashes it. And Yes, she definitely had a visceral reaction to that. She did not want to lose Hector again. Yeah, and I'm going to take it to Brett because, you know, there's a a little bit of uh, fan theory going around, and uh, I think a lot of it has to do with want of this, um, and I I want it as well. But, you know, one of these hosts could have been a Hector that she created again, um, so that means Hector would not have been definitively destroyed. Me being a guy that doesn't really like things that take too much, I think that it was very important to kill a character that means something to the audience because you have to have stakes in the line. And I, and I know it sounds nasty. I know it sounds like something that a lot of people don't want to hear, but you know, to kill Hector, actually that that's kind of like a, that's an easy out in all actuality. I agree with you. I think there needs to be stakes on the line. I just don't think uh, Hector was killed here. Uh, My logic is that uh, when Ciroc says, have asset management, retask all the corporate satellites to the park facility. I have three additional assets for them to copy over. And then once they've been transferred, you can destroy everything. So this is just a copy of the data that's on Hector's Pearl that was recovered from cold storage. It isn't actually the Pearl from his head in cold storage is how I interpreted that. So I'm thinking that they just put his data on some shell of a Pearl just in order to get his body printer up and running. Uh, And in the meantime, they probably are shipping his real legitimate physical pearl from Westworld to San Francisco, but that's going to take some time and they didn't want to wait for that uh, before they printed his body. So I'm thinking this pearl that just crumpled to dust is probably just a shell of a pearl and that it could be that his real pearl and his body um, could still be printing and then his real pearl could arrive at some point. So yeah, and, and that is reinforced by, um, uh, and I'll let you get into this theory right now, um, uh, that 
it takes quite a bit of time for Maeve to be, you know, it's, she's killing time quite literally, right? When when mm-hmm. she's having her body be printed. Uh, and I know you have, uh, you know, this kind of like sinks into what you're just saying. So if you want to elaborate on uh, what you think is happening with Maeve, and I know it was just referenced what happened with her in the Yakuza um, outside of the park, uh, whether or not that was actually real or not. Um, there is seemingly, in my opinion, I'm just going to say it up front, I don't think it's anything other than they needed the time to happen within the story, and it's always hard to have a good grasp on what is happening when it's happening within this show, but there's credence to what you're saying, because it is a little bit off, so go ahead. Well, this War World simulation reminds me of The Cradle, where you had all the host backups that were just constantly running you know, countless simulations in Westworld to perfect you know, their nuances. Um, and so the way Maeve kind of wakes up in the exact same chair in that room in that building kind of reminds me of maybe they're doing the same thing here. So she could be inside of a simulation of a world, just like the cradle was a simulation of Westworld. This is uh, evidently, this is a you know war world, but it could be operating the same way. So her Maeve's Pearl could have been, in this simulation that's under Delos headquarters for a while, which leads me to believe that that the, the piece that we saw of Maven Sirach between the first time we saw her war world simulation in episode two. And this time, I think she's been in a simulation the entire time, which would include the time she was in Singapore with Sirach. So, and, and, uh, and more evidence of that is that she's waiting on her body to be printed right now. It's taking some time. They're making a big deal out of it. At the end of the episode, she emerges from the goo. You know, it's a whole big theatrical thing. Back in episode two, she just kind of wakes up in, in a bedroom in Sirach's house, supposedly. And so I don't believe that that was a physical body. They didn't make enough of a big deal about how her body had to be printed and, you know, inserted into the real world like they are here. And, and yeah. And there's credence to that because we have to, it comes down to this. Did her body take longer because they needed some thematic as well as narrative, you know, uh, aspects of the story to go down this time or did it just happen because there is this inconsistency in the way in which these simulations work. I know that in the Nolans, they mess with these, like, um, they call it, uh, you know, being in the, um, uh, I forget what it's called in inception, but it is, um, the, you know, you're pretty much in limbo, you know, so time acts differently as well. Uh, if they are using a quantum computer, it would add up that time is not the same. Um, spent meaning time spent in a simulation is not, you know, well, they even equal. said that in this in this series, you know, mm-hmm. in the when when Maeve was watching the stuff on the outside when she was in the one simulation. So she, when she was in the simulation within the simulation, for sure, mm-hmm. <laughs> she showed that it was like time was moving a lot slower. What mm-hmm. on the outside of her simulation than it was on the inside of her simulation because they wanted to run the simulations really fast. Yeah. Yeah, because in the further you dive into this, then the, the, the so yes, I think that you know that's something to look into. Um, you know, the only thing that I would always push back on, and the only reason for it is because I believe sending her out into the real world and having this, you know, 
difference ideological both philosophical ideological with dolores is like something that adds to the story like in something they wouldn't need to simulate because that's what dolores is doing anyways but also we do need to look at the inconsistencies and not always just write them off as like you know whatever plot convenience or that i think that yeah i i I find it hard to believe that they would have been able to simulate dolores within musashi to do that as a simulation so i mean i don't know that i necessarily uh agree with all of brett's theory because i did wonder about the time it takes to or for them to print the body and i agree that like the fact that they kept making a point of it probably means something but like they could have printed her body at arnold's house for that purpose at that time because there was a body printer there that's where dolores printed the bodies that she printed but that's that was kind of my question why if they had printed her that body, if she had a body uh, at Arnold's house, why would they not have just printed her another body at Arnold's house? And additionally, do they not have any of the tech that that Delos has and apparently the the EMT not EMTs have to just like seal up wounds and do things like because, you know, they would turn around the hosts quickly when the techs were working on them, when they had been shot and killed or stabbed or whatever mutilation mutilation had occurred to them. The techs would just, you know, use that little laser thing and and heal them up and they'd be fine. So, like, why couldn't they have just done that? Like it, it just seemed weird to it, me. I think it again comes incongruous. Down to, yes, it definitely. It just comes down to the fact of did we see the bodies be printed because they needed to just showcase before the bodies are able to be printed, and they didn't show us interactions that happened between that time, like you mentioned before. Um, you know, in all fairness, uh, Jen, that you know, it seemed like an odd cut from uh, you know group to the single session. So mm-hmm. with Westworld, we, I almost said Westworld, so we, uh, Westworld, uh, <laughs> you know, we do have these circumstances, you know, where it's like, okay, these are odd cuts. So it's like, did they, cause they really, w- this put a time stamp the ticking time clock is the, the plot device in which they're utilizing here. Meaning everything's means more when there's this ticking time bomb slash time clock, you know, the stopwatch it's going. So we're watching the progress of this body being built 73%, blah, blah, blah. You know, like she's there and their stakes on the line so it adds to it so are they using Mm -hmm. this for plot convenience meaning like they need it to take longer because there's no control during that period for Maeve she needs to get back or is there something more to be taken from this and I'll say this to you like I said to you last week Brett and I know that you got a few more theories I love your theories because at least they're (laughs) backed up with this is more than I want uh you know it's there's every reason to wonder this because before we've seen just with a snap of a finger yeah, they're, they're there. So it's like, so what's up with this? Why is this different? And the same thing, even, you know, look at my hand theory. It's like, ah, I think something's up because I didn't show a hand. You know what I mean? Like, that's, it's, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I think that's actually pretty weak. That's weak sauce on my part. Uh, but, you know, I mean, there's th- certain things that you notice they're focusing on, like in the first scene, like with him, like really, like, you know, rubbing his hand and making a big deal out of it. And then he definitely has no hand issues. But same with what you're just saying there, Brett, that's what makes this fandom so great is that you you brought into all of the reasons why like, okay, well, this has never been a thing before. So like I always say, if it's an exception to the rule, you need to make they need to make something out of it. So I'm with you on mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, even again, I don't know why they would need to simulate what happened. But but again, Sirak has shown that he's not really in the loop. 
all puns intended, as far as how he knows how these hosts mot- are motivated, right? So, like, maybe he did think he needed to send her into the the real world and or the proposed real world and simulate a situation where there would be, the, especially with a host she had no interaction with, with Musashi, you know, um, it, that there would be this recognition, uh, her recognizing that this is going about in a way that she would not agree with. Maybe he thought, I mean, <laughs> when we're about to get into it, going back to Hale, I said I'd say linear, not sticking to it. Um, but yeah, um, you you know, we have the situation in which Serac seems to be not really understanding how to properly game or motivate Maeve. You know, like he was with Philo, he was able to do that, like like nothing. But these hosts, he seems out of reach. So for me to say, why would he need to do that? Is also, you know, you could play devil's advocate against me and be like, well, why is he going about this in any way he's going about it, Justin? Because he has not been going about it in a way that shows he is that familiar with the way in which the host operates. So I think that um, definitely, uh, I don't know if they put him in the notes on your guys' website or not, but look into Brett's theory because I think this adds a lot of credence to it. And, and there's something that we should all look out for. And it's also in a way that doesn't ruin the whole story. So, I, I, yeah, like, again, I just, I will stand on the no real world simulation, but but again, I will give all of uh, the transparency that is needed to say that <laughs> why would I think Serac knows what's going on when I've been saying he doesn't know what's going on? That's quite the hypocritical stance, which I only try to take once or twice. So, yeah, um, <laughs> going on to uh, um, going on to the Charlotte Hale uh, abduction in the middle of the street. It shows that chaos is ensuing. We see the drawing of the maze uh, or spray painting on the wall. We see, uh, you know, this is something people are using for evidence that this might be a simulation or they're in a you know whatever some form of a park i take this as we as soon as we start to question our existence as soon as we start to question any like as as a culture we we create art right like we create a lot of the same primordial symbols in this uh sacred geometry uh throughout time we can find these in crop circles all throughout time you know like the game of thrones primordial circle and all that like um that the white walkers made these are just like things like humans tend to do when they're questioning things like throughout time i take it as just like symbolic of they found themselves living in a loop by this information released by Rhea Boehm, and this is just symbolic for they are now trying to understand their own life so they're spray painting these things on the wall plus it, it looked like the insight logo yeah and you mm, know they have to be yeah. familiar with that that's a good point, Jenny. Yeah, so it doesn't even need to get as deep as primordial circles. They don't have to look like it. So, yeah, yeah, so see? It's me overthinking it. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, we're leaving it in. So, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I, you know, people do create symbols over time. Like, stick no, by no, what I said. No, no, they do. They yes, do. I win. Yes. <laughs> I'm the good one. Yeah. But on the more simple front. Yeah, I'm the realistic, <laughs> pragmatic, uh, what's actually fucking happening, Sans. No, what the fucking logo looks like, Justin. So, God, see, that's what happens when, when I try to be profound or you overthink things. That's why my videos don't get out on time. Because it's, uh, I'm like, oh, well, I'm doing primordial circles. Oh, oh Pseudo intellectual nonsense out of my mouth. Common sense out of Jenny's. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's move on. So she's taken and she's brought in into insights layer well insights now formerly delos they changed the logo which you just spoke up uh, on, on the tv so i remember that part uh, um and it, it's quite the hostile takeover what do you guys think about his you know we, we we briefly touched about it but he seemingly only figures out that she is a host once it's a love that is expressed to the family Where well, before the before 
before um before they went inside when they were standing outside and his aircraft was landing did you notice that she was like tracing the circle on mm-hmm. her like around her collarbone area of her chest like the, where she had cut herself before did you notice that justin well, i yeah, thought that I, that I, was i noticed i noticed she has ticks when she gets uh, stressed yeah, it's yeah. Body she, and, but it's like it's like she she does that thing on her wrist. She did that when she was with Jake. And then when she was waiting on Ciroc, she was doing it here. And I was wondering if she had actually like dug her nails in and cut herself underneath there well, again. It's the symbols I'm talking about. Jenny. Yeah. This is where this plays in. It's that we as beings, this conscious beings, those self-aware, the bicameral of mind, the bicameral man slash woman creates these things, as I said, so profoundly. So anyway. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed. As as, as body dysmorphia. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's, she, when she gets those ticks, she, she tends to, yes, trace uh, what looks like to be Rabom and all that into there. Yes, I did. Brett, any thoughts? I noticed it. I'm not sure what it means, but yeah, I thought it was interesting. I just told you what it means, man. (laughs) So deep. Well, then when, when they went inside, come on, man. (laughs) When they went inside and, and, uh, and, um, Ciroc was saying, you know, I want, I want my three additional assets to be copied over. And once they've been transferred, destroy everything. And one board member is like, destroy it. That's the better part of a trillion dollars in intellectual, intellectual property. Dude, that is so much money. (laughs) And he's just willing to burn it to the ground for what it's crazy dude, like why like i don't didn't they need i want all of it erased why <laughs> any thoughts why i have no profound symbolic because he d- i think i i assume that it's because he doesn't want uh the host to exist he wants that he wants that all that um knowledge and everything to be gone from the world he does not want it to exist because he doesn't want it to come back because he cannot um analyze it with rehoboam so the, the, the problem i have with this too is like okay so he needs the information to further rehoboam right like well, he passive. needs the human yeah. data. Yeah. Okay. But so, wouldn't he need that park to get back up and running to do it again? Like, so it's like, what the fuck are you, you gonna do think. in six months, dude? Like, you're gonna need this <laughs> shit again. Don't destroy. Like, that's what that woman's saying. She's like, what are you doing? And like, like you're making no sense here. Like, he's like, don't kill Dempsey. <laughs> Killed Dempsey. Uh, I, a lot of the stuff just is 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 just. Oh God, it's just idiotic. But uh, Brett, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Would you, do you have any thoughts on his mass? <laughs> master plan i can't even say it. well i think they want i think they want us to believe that he wants to eliminate you know basically drive the extinction of the hosts because they're not a species that he can control or predict and he's all about having control mm-hmm. so that's how i interpreted it now i i brought this up in the after show you notice how like Okay, first off, in a predictive technology, you must set parameters. That means, like, okay, so what? He wants these outliers to be singled out. He wants to re-educate them, which we're about to get back into. But it's like the pedophile exists in this world. So, like, okay, I get that people are outliers that they can't predict. But the overall goal... Let's just say, like, what is his goal for Rhea Bone? Like, what is his perfect world? Because evidently, the pedophile's fine. Is it, if somebody brought up, well, they can predict what the pedophile does. Yeah. So why does he allow it to exist? Like, I get that you need predictable people, but if your overall goal is to stop, like, the Paris uh, tragedy, right? Like, that's where he's going towards. 
Like that means you stop like inhumane, unethical, you know, immoral behavior. So it's like, oh, amen, brother. Because like a terrorist also that bombs things or a serial killer, you know, those are also people that you can predict the actions of. So like it doesn't seem to have any ethical parameters to it. So like, is it just single? Like, is it just so simplistic that it's against anybody that does nuclear? I don't even know. Like, you know, like uh, the fallout or anything that can cause that. Like, is it's like what world is he aiming for? Like, I get it again. Predictability is what he wants, but once you get it, and people that are unethical—I mean, everybody—he just is- wants everybody to be able to be controlled. He wants to be able to give them their little wafers and have them do what he expects them to do, and to stay on their loops, and nobody to do anything different. And you know, even the pedophile is going to stay on his loop and do what he's expected to do. And yeah, it's terrible, and I agree with you. Well- that those people should be like put uh, treated as outliers or whatever even but. in jail it's a universal rule of man <laughs> not to be a pedophile it's like we all hate you like i'm not i mean axel maybe cut it out if but i don't care if it's my demographic like yeah if you're in there get the fuck out okay like general rule don't do it you're sick out so if you don't stop that what else does he not stop i don't get his plan it's like come on man like you can predict it stop it like what were you trying well, to say Brett? yeah go ahead I think his data is incomplete as well, which is why he's so hell-bent on getting the guest mm-hmm. data from Westworld. Because the Westworld represents unadulterated yeah. programming. Base-level pleasure. Yeah, base yeah level. we had talked oh, about that before. And but also so he, he wants may, to destroy that same system. <laughs> he, may, he may not have the data that he wants as far as predicting you know, criminal activity from a person that has never committed a crime before because there would be no data you know something like that so he may he may be limited in his ability to stop crime right now i got you i got you and he's definitely gonna be limited six months from now or whenever he needs his windows update for ray of but um (laughs) all right so we uh you know obviously he he comes about the you know infiltration through the embracement of humanity by charlotte the real charlotte would have never have done that so he's obviously been looking into that uh and then aikido in kung fu ensues and i'm gonna say i liked it um it's flashy as it was it works good on screen i won't be a, a purist with it. It, it it was very much so a fun scene how do you guys feel about the security this season <laughs> let me say that it reminds me of what Jenny was saying about the EMTs. I think you could apply to like all the security teams we've seen at Delos or Inside or anywhere. They're that all everybody, inept. Everybody on this planet is dumbified. And that, that I guess that goes all the way to the level of, you know, the security teams. Yeah, the technology hobbling them. It's like when she's on the ground, it, she, they're like, don't move. And she's like, I'm just getting my phone. And I'm like, why? And then she's like, I also, I'm going to slide it towards you. I'm like, how come? Like, I mean, I, and it's sad to say, I'm not even like, like uh, there's been so many horrible incidents within the last, you know, whatever, throughout history, but especially, you know, documented lately, a police being over aggressive in some of these situations, you know, uh, one specific yes. one being a hotel where somebody had a BB gun and it ended up being shot, unfortunately, where you see like such a fear. Uh, that they're unable to like hold, you know, like any type of control over the situation. So like one wrong move, like giving directions that are so elaborate and like Simon says this and that pretty much that if you even like try to pull your pants up, you might get shot. So in this age, she's like, okay, I'm going to move a little bit though. And then slide this phone towards you. They're like, oh, that's good. Cool. 
You know what I mean? Like right. Got, we'll all stand here and just wait. Yeah. Oh, that couldn't mean anything. And then bam. Optimus Prime. Uh, pretty cool. I know. Though. I yeah. love the riot bot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The riot bot. So and then they shoot at it. They shoot at it. They should know. A little, they, they, they know so much are so little about what they create. Like, like they, they're like, they, they are the people that are like in charge of like keeping this in control. And they seemingly know nothing about what they're trying to control. I would, I would, I would ask them to please right. read up on them. But, um, also there was a big note of, uh, her taking off her bracelet while she did that. My, practical reason was like say you are having somebody point a gun at you what you want to do is speak to them hypothetically because they feel at ease when you're speaking to them if you're going to try to make a make disarm them blah 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 um you know like you are trying to make them comfortable or set a a precedent for when you are making movement because you can make movement when you're talking to them and they seem comfortable this is in theory you know when you have a gun pointed to your head you know all this bullshit self-defense probably goes out the window but i my idea is what she needed to get into that purse right so like she wanted to like take that bracelet off I can that make, that yeah. makes sense because i wondered why she took the bracelet off too i mean she could have wonder woman did you know and yeah block that, that those. works too also yeah i was a boxer <laughs> and taught self-defense and i'll tell you that that works too like i was like machine guns at you no man's land bam 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 yeah <laughs> brad any thoughts about that other i just thought like making movement to explain because she needed to also get in that purse so it's like okay like do something yeah. like normal that is not threatening to them show the well then- but the the guards <laughs> the security people yeah. were the morons who fucking put that canister out there on the fucking table yeah, I know. now when she put her hand in the purse she probably did activate it so i imagine i would guess that you are probably a hundred percent right on that's she, she mm-hmm. put the bracelet in her purse so she could activate that thing or something because yeah. then they set it on the table and of course it's already activated and they're just like dur, dur, dur. yeah because there are <laughs> like, oh, it's a monster energy drink awesome i'll yeah. take it because there are like advisors like you know on the set for like especially when you have these big fight scenes and these are going to be people that learn like a lot of the same stuff i learned when i was a boxer and stuff like when you taught like the self-defense to people like they're gonna learn simple stuff like that so i would assume that's something they would say they'd be like okay so you need to do something that's non-threatening and establish that as a a non like you know like impactful non-threatening movement that because that's what you're supposed to do again all this shit goes out the wall when you actually somebody putting a gun at your head you're like oh what's that training some dickhead told me at some place at a fucking ymca you know <laughs> let me try this out but yeah i assume that that's the logic behind it I, but i only wanted to bring it up because a lot of people were bringing it up that's the only thought i could think of is i guess hypothetically that's what they tell you to do is to make movements that are non-threatening to them get them used to those movements and then make your move once it's done we'll move on from there to more keto scarf wearing and uh obvious uh you know very very buff uh uh especially uh that in the elevator scene man that stunt actress for charlotte uh for tessa thompson man if she she was a beast she she was definitely i would not tango with her especially in an elevator tell you that (laughs) um yeah no but the fighting was cool and uh, all jokes aside like the the stylistic uh you know stuff is is what works it's not cool just to hit somebody and break their nose and and then move on it's like definitely have a badass aikido fight i liked it um but we have also you know this situation in which we're looking at okay what makes us us 
are we determined by this information that Rehoboam is bringing to us are not, and we get the perfect, uh, you know, like situation in reverse with all of the Williams. Bravo to Jimmy Simpson. So happy to see that gentleman back. Um, I heard he had to take time off of Broadway to do it, but he still did it. And uh, we get all Yay. of the... Yes. I'm glad he was there. <laughs> yeah. He said, but I'm being a stage actor. Um, but, um, no, he's very talented. Uh, in, uh, he broke the news that he was coming back in season two to me first on Twitter. Um, so that that made... Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Nice. I got the front page of Reddit. It said, fan asked. I'm like, please put my channel... <laughs> Man, yep, mm-hmm. yep. Thanks, Vanity Fair. Um, anyways, and everybody else, you know who you are. Um, yeah, I could have put a link, but anyways, um, yeah. So good guy. Um, but I really liked it because like we all have this idea that like you know that this goes this ties in the Westworld in so many ways about like conditioning, also like what makes us us, right? Like the the, the lore, as they call them, like you know how they're you know distinctly different uh, after just a few different variations and in, uh, interaction, and, and you know like like the 17 year old me would kick the shit the one the boxer me out of the 30 something year old me because for all my mess ups in the 20 which put me in my 30 year old situation we're set up for the 30s is your 20s but uh you know what i mean like we think that we're all in line and we wonder that oh we can look at life in retrospect and we can figure it all oh this led to this this the causality is there this all makes sense they all don't get each other and i loved it i loved it because they're all blaming the other one because you have young william Meaning the the child William that is beat yeah. for so it's child William William young William which is the Jimmy Simpson first, man in black yep. and corporate William yeah in philanthropist William no that's corporate William I that's what it. the I I I actually had termed him philanthropist William in my notes initially but when I was watching it um my rewatch I do with captions on and they actually called him corporate William. Oh, so that's um, why I ooh. put it as corporate William. <laughs> Jenny to Justin zero. There we go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. No. I actually had called him that too because that's what I thought of him as too was philanthropist William. I was like, okay, well, yeah, I think corporate it, William. It threw off my notes too because I wanted to call him CW, but that's child William, and so that doesn't work anyway. Yeah, you're continue. getting down to the to the uh, to the codes that they use for uh, coming time and all that. It's like, how are we supposed to just think this? This makes no sense. Turn into a well, Nolan yourself. I, when I kept typing the notes, and I was like, there's too many Williams. I just have to give them acronyms. So it was CW for child William, YW for young william aw for actual william <laughs> I, I started off as kid not as much of a dick a little bit more of a dick dick full-on dick um but uh yeah you, we see like i just go through the spiel we see the alcoholic dad that blames his drinking on his son which you know hey, hey man i hey you know i don't have any kids but maybe that could happen no it's terrible terrible way honestly to i mean i think that child william did have problems when he was growing up, he had some kind of aggression problems because, I mean, yeah, he broke his arm and knocked three of his teeth out not and said, normal. I should have knocked all of his teeth out. And no, that is not fucking normal. Not in any realm of the fucking universe. No. Should that be something you would consider normal? But I think that he, by the time he was young, William, and he was, you know, getting ready to marry Delos's daughter and everything um, before he started coming to the park, I think he had like got a handle on himself. But then when he started going to the park and he uh, saw how Logan behaved and Logan abusing Dolores and, 
everybody doing whatever the fuck they felt like they should do uh, whenever they felt like they should do it and just killing people for no reason whatsoever, just because you can, he got jaded. And I think that that brought his, that inner crap back out where he has that very aggressive nature anyway. And I think that the park did influence him, but I mean, I think that the, the seed was there. Uh, If the park hadn't watered it, maybe he would have just been an angry old man um, instead of being the philanthropist that he turned into. But I think the park really did uh, do something to him to help him become what he was as the man in black. He embraced it. He's either all in or all out. So he, he finds story, which he had to hide in from a child in that. Yeah. We talked about this on the after show, um, you know, me and Johnny talking about how that, that's just like, you know, as a child, especially in any physical, uh, altercation, usually it ends. Yes. With some punches thrown, but to go to that extreme shows like extreme aggressiveness and, uh, and it like just inherent need to harm more than just emotional. Um, and then he hides within story and then the park, lets him back out then he hides within his philanthropy you know he tries to like he's all in either in the park or the real world and they all blame each other for this or that um i thought it was very interesting brett i yeah i agree with all that um that's those are good points i i think that he's also like this multi-dimensional character where he can be the bad guy or he can be the good guy and he's kind of unpredictable which makes him an outlier I think this makes him a good candidate to be an outlier mm-hmm. and um, we'll see where that goes. But I do think, yeah, I think he has multiple sides of him. What do you guys think about him? I've seen people say that like he came to terms with it at the end. I wouldn't call that coming to terms. He beat him all to death uh, except for the kid on screen. And my rule is HBO can only kill one baby a uh, or one child a episode. <laughs> well, I think um, the only one he actually, I mean, they were all, well, the, the kid and man in black and uh, corporate William were all laying there dead before we saw him beating young William and young William was talking to him. But, uh, you know, by the time he had finished, he's like, I'm the good guy. <laughs> I'm just like, wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to save the world. I'm like, weird way to start. Weird <laughs> way to start. Like Captain America, you know, like I'm going to save the world. It's like, oh, you just killed like a whole bunch of people, dude. <laughs> so one of the things that I thought was um, interesting, though, was um, – when corporate William had said, uh, so what if he killed a few hosts? It's not like they're real. And Delos says, oh, real enough that the host that you've been tormenting for 30 years now wants to destroy the entire fucking world. <laughs> I thought that that was a pretty good line. And it was the truth, the truth, the truth. Mm-hmm. That was a beautiful line. And Delos was there. Some people were like, why wasn't it Logan? First off, because, you know, uh, the, the actor is just so prominent and uh he has a very good screen presence uh and also it's the kind of an embodiment of his uh errors because the way he's acting as the man in black at first in the park meaning after young william is to try to find a uh solution to that immortality you know the james Dalos project so it's a kind of like the fuel to his fire um it, it was his motivation or at least what he said his motivation was you know um, to to do the actions in which he committed so i thought it was perfect uh, i thought it was like such a great like uh, it, you know reflection of how we think that we have such a finite idea of who we are as a, a person our emotional spine is like this like sturdy thing that never fluctuates whatsoever it's like man 
We we are we we are so fickle. I mean, I will change opinions sometimes in in this podcast. So uh, yeah, I thought it was a good narrative, and again, another flipping it on its ass as far as Westworld goes. It's like, oh, you guys think that you're human, you're special, and you can't be changed. Though they're changed because of coding, it's like you don't even need coding to be changed. Look at all this same person disagreeing and fighting amongst each other, literally beating each other to death. Um, but except for all the existential crises, we will close it up. It will get to the very end in which Charlotte is trying to save her family. Now, my theory on this is that, you know, we have the scene where Dolores says you have a family or you don't have a family, but, you know, the family is the rest of the Dolores. And it makes more sense for me, especially with the how inadequate uh, Serac has been, that uh, this scene where we see the car being blown up and Freddy Krueger coming out of the car. Um, <laughs> and it's horrible. It really like was horrible. You know, like uh, the, these people like she loved and she, she felt the trust. I think that it would make more sense that it's the Dolores that actually blew that up because she finds that to be, she's making decisions based off emotion driven by that family. I feel that that's way more problematic for Dolores than it is for Ciroc. I, I think it was Ciroc, so I'm going to disagree. I am not saying, uh, well, I think that your point is uh, relevant and could be true as well. But because of the the man that was seen walking away uh, after the car exploded, he definitely looked like one of Ciroc's men. That's why I think it was Ciroc, honestly. Was, was he drooling? Was it? He's like, yeah. <laughs> no, but he was in a black shirt and black pants, oh, and yeah. he just looked like one of his employees. Like, so that's really why I think no, it was rock more than anything I, else. I know, I know. Like what you are saying makes sense. I get yeah. that, but I think it was Ciroc because of that dude. No, I, I'm with you. I'm joking. Yeah, he's like just blowing <laughs> bubbles with the bubble gum. Like he's got like a hacky sack or like a ping pong <laughs> sack. He's like, I already did it. Yeah, do to do like intellect below seventy. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I in my head, I like to think that it's Dolores because like it, it drives a you know a, a little bit of a, a stake between them. But uh, Brett, um, are you gonna endorse my stupidity or go with what's probably actually happening? I actually, <clears throat> I actually am. Yes. And um, <laughs> this this actually leads to my final theory. Yay. I think you're both right. I think it was Dolores and Ciroc because I oh, believe. Oh yes. I have to have at least one crazy theory every podcast, so this is going to be my crazy theory. Brett's crazy theory. <laughs> Sorry. That continuation of a theory I had a couple of weeks ago that Maeve was one of the pearls that. Um, Dolores smuggled out of the park. Well, I believe the fifth pearl is a Dolores copy in Ciroc's body. So that the Ciroc that we've seen in this episode was actually a copy of Dolores. We we saw that last uh, episode, she downloaded all of Ciroc's files from Rehoboam. And so that could be all the data she needs to build a replica and uh, since he's an anom- anonymous person, she doesn't really need a deep persona. So it could be while the real Ciroc is distracted hunting the real Dolores and also distracted by trying to address all these these farms of outliers that he has that if unprotected could lead to human extinction, in his words. The Ciroc that shows up at Delos is a replica. This would make sense if Dolores had Maeve's Pearl and was the one that put it in the simulation uh, underneath Delos headquarters. 
So she's been actually been uh, running Maeve in a simulation to kind of like train her how to deal with Ciroc. And she builds this construct of Ciroc that's talking to Maeve. And Maeve finally says, well, I want help. So Dolores decides to get Maeve help and decides that it's finally time to bring Maeve out into an actual body. So it would make sense. Now, I know, Justin, you're kind of questioning Ciroc's behavior throughout this episode. Mm -hmm. But to me, it makes more sense if that's actually Dolores, like, controlling, you know, if Dolores was in Ciroc's body or at least controlling all the details of what's happening here, that would make more sense to me. Because she's getting more hosts made. And that's yeah, what she's, she wanted. Yeah, she's she's getting more hosts made. Uh, it would make sense that she uh, already has control of that facility underneath the headquarters. Um, Plus, she saw other... all that fluid at the Yakuza warehouse. <laughs> if that's true, yeah, all the... right. <laughs> there's there's a few li- little things that uh, indicate that she might be controlling the part of Serac. There, they are little things, but I'll just roll through them real quick. First of all, the conversation she had with Halebot at the beginning of the episode, she doesn't even seem phased at all that Sorak is about to take over Delos. Like I would I would think that's a pretty big wild card to just kind of let play out unless she already had control of the details that were gonna right. go. Right. She's down. just like get the host printing software or whatever it was she asked for. Right. And you would think that at this point she's already downloaded and copied any intellectual property that she wanted to keep. Um, I mean, she's made hosts. How does she not have the host-making software? Yeah, I don't get that either. She, um, so that could have been just something that she, I think she was also kind of testing Halebot throughout this episode too. But um, she would have no problems with destroying all of the hosts in cold storage. As she stated last season, not everyone deserves to make it to the Valley Beyond. Mm -hmm. So I don't think she would have a problem with that. Um. Would Ciroc intentionally put Martin Bot's Pearl into the simulation with Maeve? Because doing that, those two could talk and reason with each other one-on-one. It makes more sense to me that Dolores would want to be in there, or a version of her would want to be in there to reason with Maeve. Um, that line about these violent delights have violent ends, that's kind of a throwaway line. I don't remember hearing like any real people say that I always interpreted that as like a host to host, like secret line that they that s- said to each other. But yeah, that, that's just one of those minor things. It could be that Ciroc knew that line. Um, well, he could have heard Ford say it because Ford said it, but right. continue. Yeah, he knows about um, the uprising and they say it to each other is like a trigger. So he has data right. from then, I think. Um, also, how does a robot not detect the difference between a hologram and a real person? You know. <laughs> That's what I've been saying. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Unless she, unless Halebot were built and programmed not to be able to read that correctly. If Dolores had built that into her not to be able to which, see that. Which, why would they? Um, uh, and then the big one, like Dolores has seen Halebot slipping away, the attachment that she's grown with. Uh, her ex-husband and her child. This she needs this emotional con- connection to cease, so that Hale can get back to being the badass killer Hale. So she has has no problems blowing up those members of her family in the car. 
And then just the minor thing that Jenny's already mentioned, um, when Sirach lands in his uh, aircraft, she starts to rub her fingers across her chest in the same pattern that, that when she cut herself. So I don't know if that w- that's like a subconscious thing that she does if she is um, near a copy of Dolores as a subconscious reminder that she's not in the body that she's meant to be in. But again, that's that could be a little thing. But anyway, just... It's just a crazy theory, but I wonder if, uh, you know, there's this fifth pearl out there. And now that Dolores does have data on Ciroc, if she would try to replicate him. Yeah, I mean, I actually don't think it's even that crazy. I think that it it, it makes No, I like a lot of that theory. (laughs) It actually, you know, it it keeps with character motivation and goal. It keeps with, you know, the characterization of these characters. It keeps them more uh, stable. Um, meaning like Sirach, like is a super genius. Like this makes sense for why he's not acting like a super genius and everything that's happened would put, you know, the Delori that is in Hale's body dead set against Sirach. <clears throat> and you're right about, the, mm-hmm. excuse me, about the interrogation. It's like, you think that she'd want to be hands on for that one. No, no room for air. Um, so yeah, no, I like a lot of that, Brett. Uh, it could, yeah, and it could go the other way. Hale could actually hold Dolores responsible for putting her in that situation instead of like, oh, where, I, that's she, where I'm going with it. Yeah, it could because she said that line about how you're not the one risking your life out here yep. through this mess. Yep. So it, it could be it's a logical plan. She for even her asked to, about Martin. Mm-hmm. It's a logical plan to try to get Hale to blame Sirach for killing her family, but it could that could actually come back against her. And yeah, I think that she's going to blame Dolores. I, I yeah. totally am with that. I, um, I like I said, I think it was Ciroc, and maybe he is a Dolores clone. Who knows? But uh, the blame can go to Dolores, no matter who did it, though. But yes, yeah. I, I definitely think that that Charlotte's going to blame her in one way or another because of the fact that she put her there, and and uh, when she wanted to leave. Well, yeah, I think that we're gonna we're gonna close it. Wow, that's damn good job again. Um, <laughs> that's really good. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, that gives me way too much to think about. Um, say goodbye, life. Hello, Westworld. Um, but uh, no, that's really damn good. Um, we'll have to cut that into a separate separate segment. I, I yeah, I'd like to thank you guys. You know, the, my uh, we'll go around and do final thoughts. My only uh, really insight is that I think that it's very clear that Caleb is going to be. I, I am blanking on the exact episode title uh it's something the uh has to do with uh one of the pawns that is unstoppable it might be unstoppable pawn but it's a chess reference it means that the move i it i've been of this mind whatever caleb does once caleb is revealed to us as well as himself about his past and who he is is not going to be something that's going to be controlled by dolores nor rock so it's going to be a decision that is made by him and it's going to either sink or it's going to, you know, make them swim. Meaning, like, Dolores is going to have to hope, because it's seemingly there's no reason for him to bend with Dolores this whole time. There is a screenshot um, of when Dolores, from last episode, not this episode, but uh, genre, in which she's in the bank, and Caleb doesn't show up. It's just she's walking with uh, Dolores, but uh, he's walking with Dolores, but Caleb is not in the picture. So it seems like he's the untrackable one, not Dolores. Uh, Caleb's the untrackable one. So he's like the wild card. And I think that Bernard and him work together in the sense of Bernard's the only one that can bring back Dolores if she perishes uh, through memory. 
And Caleb is going to hopefully make a decision that's advantageous for the Delori, and she's kind of staked it all in that. This all kind of relies on something I don't like, meaning it's like a Ford's master plan thing. Everything's been foreseen. Everything's been predicted, and they know all these cards. Do you think we're going to see Ford? Probably, yeah. Not in this. Uh, I mean, I will definitely see him again. Well, I mean, we only have two two more episodes this season. Do you think we'll see him in, in a, one of those two episodes? Vision. Yeah, like through Bernard or something. Yeah, I think so. So you think it'll be like a flashback? Yeah. You don't think it'll be like He's him not. coming forward in Bernard's mind again? Mm, no, I mean, it's going to be more meta, in my opinion. Uh, like the, the embodiment of him, the embracement of his ideals. Um, yeah, I hope we see him again. Yeah, and I it's like called past, past Pawn is the name of the next episode. Yeah, so that's that like you a, were looking un- for. an unstoppable. I'm not a chess player, but I'm, I believe it's a Me either. Yeah, I believe it, it means pretty much like unstoppable, like, you know, to, for, to, to queen um uh, the other person to you know take the queen so i i take it as once that piece is in movement whichever way it decides to move is going to be unpredicted and unstoppable for both sides so i think it's all going to lean on what we see happening in his past what he and i mean this both ways like we will see it and it's revealed to the audience as well so you know there's two major puzzle pieces that need to be connected here it's why bernard needs to be kept alive because that's been overtly stated and why caleb needs to be kept around both of that needs to come into play for this season, at least, to tie up. Those are your two moving pieces. Um, and actually, really, a lot can go on in between that that doesn't even affect it, as long as you know these two moving pieces seem to be the things that they know are very, very important. Um, so I'm excited to see it. Um, and hopefully, you know, Caleb, whether he's a host now or a, was a human and now just a re-educated human, I do believe he shot himself in the head. Uh, with that whole somebody beat you to it, I believe he might have shot himself mm. on that pier. I believe he could have committed suicide, and they re, uh, you know, pretty much you know conditioned him or whatever you want to call it. You know, brought that type of person back. For, That's not I a bad theory. Yeah, I mean, or well, he tried to commit suicide, but he still left himself barely alive or something. Yeah, so they we talked reconstructed. About, yeah, absolutely. We talked about this on the after show. My ex, unfortunately, her brother did that with a forty-five. It's something that wow. happens, and yeah, it, it's he could tell you stories um, that were relevant to what you're talking about and then if you spend enough time with him though you'd realize that all those stories were like stories he only had so many but he could like have them so they're applicable to anything it was very like you know sad but also like you know there was like this cognitive function within him that was still there and uh, he was just a totally different person but survived it thank god but he's definitely a completely different person and you know there's all these studies of this brain trauma and stuff of people not dying from these things that by all means, you know, science says they should be gone, but changes them completely. So I'm with you on that. Uh, either he died from it or it's a situation like we're talking about that it altered him. So they, they chose him to do this or that to put him into play. So somebody has got him into play, which way he moves next episode is going to determine a lot. Um, any less thoughts guys. Um, I think, I still think Bernard has got the key and I think that Caleb, um, maybe has some kind of key for the outliers. Um, I like what you were saying though about Caleb. So that's, that's really it on last thoughts. Thank you. Uh, no, uh, no clue what's going to happen. Uh, well with Bernard, Me I either. do. Yeah. I do think he has the key in his head just based on the season two scene, not, not really based on necessarily anything else, but um, just, really don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, Caleb's been a complete mystery the entire season. He's obviously very important. Have no idea why, but it's just fun not to know and to watch it unfold. 
Absolutely. Yeah. It's that, it's that whole idea that, you know, if he hasn't done anything yet, but he's seemingly so important, you know, it, whatever he does has to, I mean, I guess it doesn't have to, but it, it would sure as hell hope, you know, help uh, if he did do something very, very impactful. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's seemingly like we talked about, we won't rehash in the episode before, like even Dolores just looking back and making sure like pretty much his followers still with her because it's like dragging him along until he needs to do something is how I'm taking it because um, I've seen him do nothing. Uh, the, the picture I'm looking at IMDb, I'm sorry for interrupting, no but way. the picture that they have for the next episode is um, of Caleb and his robot co-worker sitting at the, on the um, beam at the top of that uh, building they were working on in what the first episode or the second episode, whatever. Yeah. So maybe we're going to learn more about I mean, obviously, we're going to have to get some more information about Caleb this season, and we've only got two more, two more episodes. So I would, yeah, interesting. Yeah. So sorry for interrupting, no, Justin. No, no, you have to do it. No, I had a, I had <laughs> such a great time with you guys for the last two weeks. Remember, I know it's been fun. I've been thankful to have you uh, helping us out and uh, getting to be on your channel as well. Yeah. It's- lot of fun Justin. the pleasure is all mine i hope we meet again um and good looks and good luck in the wars to come um <laughs> <this is laughs> fire reference. No. well uh, maybe we can maybe we can join you after um I, I might could join you after the final episode yeah i'd like to set it up so we could have uh like a, a round table for the finale so both of you uh open invitation to cool. um we're changing the format around so it, it does start right after uh but trust me you guys you guys got it uh, covered, you know, just, uh, you know, you know me with my uh, primordial. Well, and you, uh, you know, I can just sit geometry. here and bring you back down, Justin. Well, you see, <laughs> sacred geometry and primordial circles mean this and that and this. And you're like, I'm well, just also bringing you back to reality. Just, yeah, no, I love it. Yeah. Pulling yeah. it back just a little bit. Oh, man. I'll be able to speak through my tears rolling down my face. After. <laughs> I know, because it's over. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it's it's uh, it's always a fun ride. So um, I'm looking forward to the ending. I think that this uh, season will end in a satisfactory way. Meaning, last season it was not too fulfilling for me. Um, so I'm hoping they they, they seal the deal this time. Uh, make sure to subscribe to my channel, but also on uh, iTunes. Make sure to leave a five star review of any insight that you'd like to provide and so forth. And support on uh, Daily DVR's Patreon. So it's DV uh, Patreon slash DVR. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Brett. We. We'll see you guys soon.